Welcome to today's Power Up Your Presence podcast. I'm Diane Craig. And I'm Sandra Corelli. We have designed each and every episode to help you power up, step up, and lead up your presence. A mix of stories, tips, insights, and conversations with trailblazers who speak candidly about their journey to leadership. On today's episode, we'll be talking about listening to lead, and we are thrilled to welcome Lorna Duick. Lorna has explored the intersection of journalism and Christianity for over 30 years, and it has given her a fascinating journey into media management. In 2016, Lorna was appointed CEO of Crossroads Christian Communications, Inc., home to Canada's longest-running daily talk show, 100 Huntley Street. In addition, Lorna serves in the role of CEO to Yes TV Network, a commercial television station committed to positive, family-friendly entertainment programming. For 11 years prior, Lorna was CEO at Media Voice Generation, a community-held Canadian charity that created the award-winning TV program Context with Lorna Duick. Lorna is also a commentary writer on faith and public life in Canada's leading national newspaper, The Globe and Mail, and a frequent media commentator. Lorna has co-authored Faith, Life, and Leadership, Eight Canadian Women Tell Their Stories, and For Your Health. Lorna has received honorary doctorate degrees from Trinity, Tyndale, and Braycrest Universities. Lorna has also been honored with the Queen's Jubilee Medal Award for Contributions to Canadian Society. Welcome, Lorna. You're welcome. Thank you. It's an honor to be on your great podcast. We are just thrilled to have you. We know you just got back from Sri Lanka, catching up on on your jet lag, and uh, we're thrilled you could make the time. Uh, to be with us today. So, Lorna, you know, you you have led a remarkable career to date in journalism and media. We know how competitive the industry is. What were some of the key lessons that you learned along the way that have led you to your success today? Well, I think persistence. (laughs) You know, you just got to keep waking up and getting dressed and getting out the door. You know, just even when you feel like, I can't do this. This is overwhelming. Uh, My niche in media has been the Christian voice. And it is a niche because it's, it's, um, it's just not a majority voice. And it isn't a commercialized voice either. So it's uh, been a bit of uh, knocking on a lot of doors to make sure that you make uh, your message relevant and accessible to people. So, you know, persistence, relevance, excellence, uh, being a good listener to what the market really wants has all been very important. Mm. Yes. Uh, uh, when we say, you know, being a good listener and as a reporter, uh, this is certainly one of uh, your main qualities. And as a journalist, I imagine you hone your listening skills early on to be able to probe and be curious about issues, events, and people you were reporting on. So how did this serve you as you moved into leadership roles? Like, Did listening come naturally to you? You know, my uh, I'll always remember my <laughs> sister uh, and I were shopping and she Somebody stopped me that recognized me from media and just started telling me their story. And it happened a second time. And my (laughs) sister just kind of exasperated, said to me, you know, you have a reputation 
for being such a good listener. People watch you on television doing interviews and they think you will listen no matter where you are, whether you're shopping, whether you're doing whatever. And um, yeah, I guess li- listening came first out of this for me. I am actually a very curious person. So it was natural for me to want to learn about everything and everybody. And I, um, I really loved and craved education. And so a journalist is kind of a, a shortcut of a way to do it. You get to delve into many issues, many topics by just being nosy and asking people yeah. a lot of questions. <laughs> so if you're curious, journalism is the best profession for you. And, and, you know, you get to be a generalist. You get to skip along through a lot of information. Uh, so that was my background really for, uh, for 25 years. Well, actually for 20 years, I worked pretty uh, consistently as a journalist uh, digging up the stories, crafting a half-hour weekly talk show. And then I started to move into media management. And I saw that actually listening and asking mm. questions serves a very different role in management and in leadership. Interesting. It's it's so true. And we believe a leader's ability to listen really equates to their ability to lead. And we see listening as a foundational leadership skill or capability. Now, ironically, I often say listening is not something we're formally taught in school or at home, like speaking or spelling, yet it's so critical. So what were some of the obstacles you experienced to effective listening and how did you overcome them? Well, I, I think still one of the big obstacles is time, mm-hmm. like having and crafting the time to be a good listener. And um, interestingly, I also think ego is a bit of an issue for listening. You really have to put the person that you are hoping to understand that you need information from or that you need to lead. You need to put their opinions above yourself or when you're gathering information. You need to uh, really understand that you, you you want to be a humble listener. You want to be a gatherer of information. So, you know, time, setting aside your ego so you are sincerely interested. I think also um, empathy is an important skill to bring into the listening process. That you actually are trying to understand the other person and understand their dilemmas, their perspective, why they're coming at something the way they are. It's so true. I mean, time is one of our scarcest resources. And our ability to give someone our attention shows how much we value them. And that ability, it takes us being really present in the moment, and which is, which is a struggle professionally and personally, given everything we have going on. But that ability to be present with someone and show them that you're really there and listening shows how much you value them. And it's so important. One of my favorite quotes from Andy Stanley is leaders who don't listen will eventually be surrounded by people who have nothing to say. For a leader, <laughs> and, and I've seen it happen. So for a leader to be truly effective, I believe they have to enable what I call a voice-rich culture, a safe space where team members feel comfortable speaking up and sharing ideas and opinions. So what tips do you have on how leaders can create this type of environment? 
Um, I think regular um, meetings are important. Like I think it's, um, I think, I think the FaceTime is still really critical. So whether it's, I wouldn't, I would, I would say it must be at least biweekly. Like, like um, uh, you, you have to be able to touch base and, and figure that out. I think um, it's also very important that you make some room for sincere social interaction, you know, that you have demonstrated and modeled that you care about your direct reports, you care about your team, uh, you, you ask them about how things are going personally as well, like you, you have conversation that works like that. And then I think the most critical thing is to be distraction free when mm. you are listening distraction free and um some some people are making the case that we are now in the post social era so our phones and our constant ability to be connected to communication has actually made us post social because we're doing all our communicating through these devices and we're not realizing all the social cues and the mm. social breadth and warmth that we're missing when those devices are not in our hands. And so distraction free is, is, uh, is important as you're, as you're listening. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's so difficult for people to, uh, even when they get on a conference call to uh, be present in the moment and not keep checking their right. phones and looking at their, at the screen, you know, on their desktop so difficult to to really focus on what people are saying and and we can we realize quickly that you know someone's not listening when we get a question about something which is which is that right and it ends up yeah. feeling disconnection versus connection which is what you're really yeah, trying to right. build yeah that's right yeah and you, you know um, i had heard that you know like the, those devices are not the problem it's how we use them that is the problem that's right. That's right. And, and, and then it really gets back to our interest in people. Um, it, it's just uh, fascinating that people have always, we would all say the person is the most important, but there's persons on these devices too, right? There's yeah, other exactly, exactly. information coming in. And so it's, it's, you know, I think that just comes down to good, good corporate etiquette as well, is that you just are um, the person in front of you, the person that you're in conversation with, they have a hundred percent of your attention. Yeah. Good mm -hmm. listening. You know, I know from conversations that we have with leaders that one of the most challenging aspects they have with listening effectively is the ability to focus, not move to solution and maintain attention. So what advice would you have for our listeners who struggle with constant distraction as we just talked about? Okay. Well, I, I think if you realize that listening, like a conversation is truly two ways and listening has some skills. So I think sometimes a leader moves at such fast paces, there's a bit of an ADD in there and they think they can jump through this conversation and it's faster. So Give yourself as a leader a few skills that you're going to be actively working on in the course of a conversation. And those would be things like asking questions. You don't have to just be silent as you listen. You, you want to be listening for when's the right point 
where you can ask a question into this conversation, which helps people realize they are heard and they're comprehended. So it's not like you're trying to just um, ask a question for the sake of a question, but what you're what good listening does is it gives your subject a sense that I hear you, I understand you. Mm-hmm. Help me. Am I? Am, are you sure I'm getting this right? And you can actually build up a person's self-esteem while you listen to them. When you are affirming or when you are asking a question, like you, you even people saying, "Wow." So the orange cups were really exceptional, you know, or like, like, where did you, where, you know, so you, you ask a question that helps, helps them understand that you are tacking into what's important to them. And, and your questions actually let them see that you are, you're asking for help in understanding them, which is, which is, makes them feel important. Right. And you're mm-hmm. watching for cues that that are in the conversation so that you can bring empathy to the conversation you know Mm -hmm. yeah that important quality of empathy of knowing okay i need to take a pause here and really um let that person know that oh that that hurt to hear this Mm -hmm. or or you you feel badly for the challenge that they may be going through that's right you may not have the solution to to their dilemma or there's you know uh, or the problem they have although you you are able to let them know that you are there with them right Give right your sympathy um on the flip side uh, lorna have you ever found yourself in uh, a situation where you didn't feel listened to and how did you handle that well i think when you you know, unfortunately, it's easy to say, uh, probably we have, we can quickly go to, to instances in our families and raising children where <laughs> there's lots of obvious examples where they didn't listen to me. They just didn't listen to me. And, and, and something happened and it plowed ahead. And sometimes, you know, it might not matter, but sometimes you're, you know, obviously what you were speaking about was because of boundaries, was because of protection, was because of things. And so you feel, um, you feel kicked to the curb when you're not listened to, you feel, uh, Mm -hmm. um, minimized. But when you take that into the workplace, it's really important that, um, you have kind of a baggage free approach to not being listened to because it will happen. It will happen in the workplace. And Sometimes it happens because people got distracted, because they didn't understand you, because they didn't realize how important it was. So when you're not listened to as a leader, you need to restate your case. You need to just get back in the game and you need to, you need to clarify and you need to mm. correct and you need to restate and you need to restate again. Especially this happens around when you're casting vision for an organization. You know, vision just gushes out of an organization. You're constantly uh, gathering your your troops, keeping them on focus, keeping them charged up for what the mission of the organization is. And it's not that they didn't listen to you. They just got distracted. They just got bored. They just got busy with other things and you have to restate it and restate it. So I think it's a little different when you go in your personal life, you haven't been listened to. You have the luxury of getting insulted and of of trying to work it all through. As a leader, you don't have time get insulted you just have time to get heard 
set the mm. record correctly, and get back in the game of leading through listening. And I guess also is by asking questions, you do know, you get to know whether you were listened to or not. Yeah. Right? And it really takes the persistence you were mentioning earlier, yeah. <laughs> recognizing that there are times that we do have to repeat our message, yeah. especially when we're articulating our vision so that it starts to land with our employees, our audience, whoever it may be. And it takes that persistence over time. That's right. And, and so you're also having to be a good listener to your market. Yes. Like what, what, uh, who is receiving your product? Where are you trying to get through? And if you don't understand, if you're not listening to what do our customers want, um, I, don't, I just don't think you're going to be relevant. And, and that's mm-hmm. one of the values that you really want to work at as a leader is that your company is good at listening. So it will be good at understanding how the market product has to be placed. Yeah, why it's not getting the pickup it needs, why it's not getting the traction. What are the trends in the industry you need to be adapting to? All of this is about information gathering. And you, you know, whether it's it's listening through reading and consuming and understanding what's going on, or listening in a conversation, or listening in a polling situation, uh, this concept of listening is absolutely foundational for marketplace success. It's It's such an important point. Sometimes we get so fixated on the direction we want to go on our strategy, on the vision that we have, that we don't take a step back to pause and say, is this what people really need or want right now? And to give that that chance to really understand what the consumer wants, what the market needs. It's really being able to listen to the environment Mm -hmm. that's around you. Now, in our work on leadership presence, we talk a lot about the importance of what's also not being said in words and the impact of nonverbal cues and body language when it comes to listening. So how do you pay attention to what's not being said? Well, that's a good, that's a good point, isn't it? Um, and I must say, being in media, uh, that's very visual for me. Mm-hmm. Like that is, uh, you know, it does matter how a person showed up on the job, what they're doing with their hands, what they're doing uh, with their feet, uh, what their body language is, uh, where their eyes are going, what, what type of, um, you can, you can feel it, can't you? Mm -hmm. Uh, In, in a room, you can feel it. And so it's super important that you do, uh, the best you can do to make people feel comfortable, make people feel at ease. And what's not being said will often help you make a decision then on the appropriateness of whether that's a person you want to partner with. Right. That's a product you want to get engaged with because um, you picked up on nonverbal cues, but you were still observing. You were mm-hmm. still a mm-hmm. listener of the situation. Yeah, and it's so important to, to pay attention to that in conversations and not get too fixated on the words alone. Yeah, and that's what we, we try to do. We try and, and ignore very often the body language when, it, and when in fact, you know, body language speaks emotion and really never lie and we want to rely on the word we want to believe the words that we hear mm-hmm. when often the real message is in the body language and not necessarily in the words that the person is um the, the words that they're saying yeah yeah absolutely mm-hmm. as our workforce continues to become more diverse and multi-generational how does a leader's approach to listening need to evolve well 
um, especially let's let's just talk about that item on diversity. Different cultures listen differently, mm-hmm. and they say things. They 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 not agreement, but that might not necessarily be agreement. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, I think cultural intelligence is very important. How do those orders of the world all process their different approach to listening? What does a nod mean in a culture? What does a yes, yes mean in another culture? What is viewed as defiance? Why are there certain lines of authority that are respected in a different culture than in another? Those are all, um, the cultural intelligence is actually a very important landscape to understand and to figure out what will it mean if I'm working with these different people groups and how will we blend them together? And you'll, depending on the size of your workforce, you're going to need to just put that all over the table and have some fun with it and yeah. say, in my culture, these things are important in our culture. And, and, and you set then a more neutral ground as a workplace culture. Absolutely. For listening. And it yeah. creates that sense of belonging, that sense of inclusion. Mm-hmm when we take the time to really understand each other's differences versus trying to turn a blind eye to it and pretend that we're all alike, it's, it's ensuring that we're taking the time to understand, recognize the differences and share our differences as well. And, and different is not wrong. It's That's just right. different. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's just different. It's, it's just, just different. different. Exactly. Yeah. Um, in leadership, we, we see it's important to, you know, we, we understand that it's important to strike the right balance between listening and talking, especially as a CEO, uh, people people want to hear from you. How do you maintain and find that right balance, Lorna? Well, I think as a CEO, you have the luxury of doing some public posting. Like you, you can call uh, like the quarterly town hall. You have your, your, um, you know, your weekly C-suite meetings and you have um, that structure thing. Um, yesterday, I was writing to a deadline. I put a sign on my window <laughs> and it said, do not disturb. And, I, you know, there's probably <laughs> people who wanted to stop in and, and tap on the door. And I, um, you, you, you have to know your boundaries. You have to. Mm. So, so you. Yeah, and, and if you know that you don't have time to be listening, you shouldn't be accessible. You should Such not be accessible. Point. Yes. Um, you know, last Friday I thought, oh, this was an interesting day. There was somebody's baby to hug. There was someone new came to the office to introduce another new person. Uh, someone else was leaving and there was a warm fuzzy that had to be given. And it was just uh, a steady stream of all the soft skills that a CEO needs to bring to the job. Um, mm. But if you have a deadline that you have to meet, if you have a project that you're working on, you can't have those in a day. And you, mm-hmm. you then then you have to structure your environment to not allow for listening so you can get a project done, yeah. so you can work on something. And, you know, depending on the warmth of your leadership approach, um, you know, some CEOs are just more accessible than others. And so sometimes it requires just pulling yourself out of the environment or you know, posting a note on the glass doors, you know, we all work in these cubicles mm-hmm. that are, mm-hmm. that, that are so friendly, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's boundaries. And, it's boundaries, I would say. And I, and I think it's really dangerous if you attempt to listen when you know you do not have the time, because I think people could feel that you're not being genuine and sincere. 
that you're just, you know, pretending to listen. And that could end up to to be... People appreciate it and respect it more when you're transparent to say, I'm working on a deadline or I'm working towards something and and I need time to dedicate to this. And we can talk about it after. They'll respect that more than if you try to take the conversation. Yeah, and and you build that reputation that when you are with the person that you you do listen, it's not Mm -hmm. a hit and miss, right? Um, Before we we wrap, Lorna, are there any other leadership, uh, is there any other leadership advice that you have for our listeners? Well, I am a great fan of uh, the Benet Brown uh, discussion on vulnerability, yes. mm-hmm. and uh, and I think I think one of the biggest issues that you have as a leader is that sense that you always have to have all the answers, and that you have to mm. be the strong one, and that you're always right. And mm-hmm. all of us know those three doubts keep us awake at night. Like, <laughs> am I right? What's the answer for this? And so it's just that idea of actually being open with your core team and saying, I'm going to need help on this. Uh, Help me understand. Mm -hmm. That's a great phrase. Help me understand. And uh, not to be afraid to be a person who brings your own questions as a leader to those that you trust and and let it be um, a two-way conversation about that. So it's that, that very important idea of being vulnerable enough to go get the help and the insights that you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that vulnerability for sure. Absolutely. Um, shows we're human. Yeah, that's right. And it's having that humility as a leader. So important. Yeah. And I think people do appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lorna, we, uh, we like to uh, wrap up with uh, like what we call our lightning round. So just short responses. And uh, we're looking just for one word to align maximum on a few points here. Uh, a recent book or author who has impacted how you see the world. Oh, I just read The Cage by Gordon Weiss. He's a United Nations observer. And it is the story of the civil war in Sri Lanka where I was going to work Mm. and it really helped me understand uh, the difficult dilemmas that are involved in a broken world where hatred has ruled. And it was a very important book for me on, you know, we have 26 Mm. million refugees uh, loose in the world looking for a place to be planted. Mm. They are all coming from the seeds of war. So it was good to read about the roots of war. The Cage by Gordon Weiss. Excellent book. All right. Noted. Last thing you did uh, that scared you. I jumped. Well, this is great. I've just been on a scary international <laughs> trip. And yeah. I jumped, I jumped into a tuk-tuk driver in crazy traffic where lanes are just a state of mind. Oh. And I floated through <laughs> oh. this large wow. city, not knowing the language. and. Um, Oh, all right. (laughs) Now, a habit or skill most people do not know about you. Oh, that's interesting. I play the piano. 
Wow. wow. We'll have to hear you play someday. Yes. <laughs> I'm, probably oh. saving, uh, I'm probably saving yeah. performances for retirement. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be ready. We'll be ready. Yes, for sure. Favorite place to go on vacation? Green. Lakes. Quiet. Um, yeah, just nature. Nature is nature. my favorite place to go on vac vacation. What makes you the most hopeful about the future? You know, my job has been to document the reality of God, to look mm. and ask questions about how people experienced uh, a connection to God. And so this idea that the human race is not alone, but that there is a great loving God that equips people to recover persevere to love that gives me the most hope about the future hmm. to find the strength we need when we need it right that's right this has been amazing lorna we are so grateful for um sharing your insight your leadership advice uh, your experience your wealth of knowledge and understanding about listening thank you very much it's been a great honor to be on your podcast gals thank, thank you thank you so much lorna Thank you. All right. Hope to see you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Bye for now. Bye-bye. All of the details can be found in the show notes for today's episode. Every morning, set your intentions toward your dreams. Some may refer to goals. We like the word dreams. It sounds more exciting and not so hard to think about. We hope to meet you in person one day at one of our workshops, or you may even decide that private coaching is more for you. We encourage you to go to our website at corporateclassinc.com for additional resources, blogs, and videos that you may find to help enhance your confidence and your presence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast. It's complimentary. And write a review. Thank you for listening to Power Up Your Presence podcast. The passion, the presence, the power. Until next time, power up, step up, lead up.